Simple People podcast. What is it all about? And what are your goals with it? And then talk about how you how you started writing this book. Yeah, so the Remarkable People podcast, we started like three years ago. And the whole concept was just, I got the privilege to meet and to know all these amazing people. So I was like, just want to, I love listening to their stories and learning and then let's just share them with other people. So it was just, let's interview people and how that all came about was crazy uh, in a good way. I'm sitting like at the fights and I meet this guy with thousands of people around and he ends up being like an eight time world kickboxing champion. And he had like broke his back playing professional football for the Patriots and he was in a wheelchair. And so all this stuff, it just, God kind of laid on my heart to start a podcast. I didn't even know really what a podcast was. Then I start meeting people. He's like, you got to interview this person specifically. So I just kind of jumped in and started. And I was completely transparent. I'm like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing. Never interviewed anybody in my life, but I feel like I'm supposed to start a podcast. You want to share your story? He's like, sure. So we did it and it was great. And then three years later, we've recorded over 150 episodes, maybe even 170 and um, we have a bunch to be released. We got guests in a waiting list for six months just to get recorded. Then they'll be released. And so we're a top 2% podcast. We're in over 100 countries a week. And it's just a great blessing. Like, I literally get to hang out with awesome people. They share their story. We learn from each other. And the whole theme is just help each other grow and glorify God. How to overcome adversity and achieve success. Yeah, that's a main that's a main thing of your show is is about, you know, facing adversity, how you overcame it and um how you how you push forward. And I think that's that's pretty valuable to people, you know, seeing examples of, you know, that happening uh is pretty valuable to people, I would say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, not because it's my show, but the thing that's unique about our show is, you know, sometimes we have very famous people, like really world famous. Sometimes you have people you've never heard of, but the people connect, our audience connects because we go through the journey from birth through today of the guests. We go through the highs, the lows, the pretties, the ugly, the pretty ugly. And we see not just what they overcame or achieved, but we stop and reverse engineer and break down the steps of how they did it so our listeners can too so that's the show in a nutshell so our listeners can say okay here's the topics like one show might have honestly like four dozen topics i mean we we go broad and wide but we always kind of focus in on some big rocks and you know one might be depression one might be shyness one might be how to overcome being raped one might be how to get out of alcoholism we we cover every topic you can imagine but when we're on the show, we don't just say, oh, this person achieved this and this person's great. We break it down so the listeners have practical steps to start on that journey themselves. So it's at least a catalyst or a starting point, if not the full path to victory. So and then they can always connect with our guests and continue the conversation. And then that's kind of how the book came about, too, if you want me to jump into that. Yeah, man, that's what I was going to go go to. Yeah. So we had the podcast and I got literally dozens and dozens of just quality humans and um i was like well i don't mind sponsors but our show kind of took off right away so from season one we had sponsors fully paying everything season two same thing well in season three i got busy because i'm a sales and marketing consultant and i run my own business this is just a side ministry to help people 
Well, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to fund it. So seasons two through eight, we're just about to launch season eight. Um, I funded it. So I was like, well, this is God's ministry. It's not about me. And he doesn't need me. So I'm like, God, if you want me to keep doing the show, show me how you want me to fund it, whether it's sponsors or some other way. And it was a Sunday morning in October of last year. And it's like, write a book, 12 authors, 12 chapters, 12 laser focused topics. And then all the proceeds from that go to support the podcast. So that's what we did. I called up, no joke, Sunday morning. By Sunday afternoon, I had 10 authors signed up. And then wow. by the Wednesday of that week, I had 11. And then I went, the plan was, now, if you've ever written a book or if anybody's worked with a book, it, it usually takes a long time, right? <laughs> so it's like October 12th are ready. So we basically said, we'll plan and write in October, edit and revise in November, and format and market in December, and have it ready for January 1st, 2023. And that's what we did. That's and a then short timeline, man. <laughs> dude. I yeah, so many people said it was impossible. And I'm like, it's possible. Everything's possible with God, you know, Luke 137. So I'm like, he told me to do it. Let's do it. So it was a lot of work, not gonna lie to you. And I had some moments of questioning myself. I'm like, what have I done? And I had good, kind, even like people who are great, who I'd consider great godly people be like, dude, why don't you just push off the deadline? Why don't you just stretch it out? I'm like, no, there was something about January 1st. We supposed to do this and get it launched January 1st. So that's what we did. So we wrote the book. And then in that last like week, one of the, cause I didn't invite everybody. I, I just picked people who I thought would be the right fit for volume one. And that's when we named it. Remarkable people, volume one, how they overcame adversity, achieve success. And you can too, right? Everything's the same message. But right at the last week, David Richmond, one of the authors, I think he's actually chapter one, he wrote me and he's like, hey, I just found your email in my junk. What's going on? I told him about the project. And he's like, because like we're talking like, yeah, like three days or a week or something. And everybody else was already struggling with a month. And they're all amazing authors, published authors, most of them. And he's like, I'd like to be part of this. He's like, can I write you a chapter? And my original vision was 12 chapters, 12 authors, 12 laser-focused topics. So when I had 11, I thought I'd just end up writing a chapter and contributing, but I never felt really good about that. And then he's like, can I be there? I'm like, yeah. I'm, I asked him to be there, but I was saying, now it's too late. Go to volume two. It's like, no, I can get this done. And he wrote a killer chapter over the weekend and sent it to me. And it's it's phenomenal. It inspired me, even though I haven't worked out since 2018. I recently started getting back to the gym after nice. five years. That's yeah, cool, man. So how's the, how's the book been doing so far? That's an interesting question, and and I'm going to be transparent about it. Just in my personal circle, in the first week, I had a hundred people, over a hundred people, send me pictures and screenshots of them placing orders and getting the book. You know, they're my friends they are excited for me. They're like, Hey, look, I got your book or I just ordered your book. And Amazon for the entire month of January said I only sold 67 copies. And yeah. I've talked to other authors about this and they all were like, Oh, it's just me. My book didn't do well. So this is, I've actually thought about getting a class action going. And, really? you know, I, it takes a lot of time and a lot of money, but my personal 
based on what I've seen in my book. I mean, I have proof, pictures, screenshots of orders from over 100 people that I know, not that the authors know, not global listeners. And they're saying in the month of like January, we sold a total of 67 copies. And I have a hundred plus just in my cell phone from friends. So something's rotten with the math. Yeah. And it up. <laughs> exactly. And men lie math doesn't. Right. So I have resolved that the whole purpose and, you know, since then more copies have sold, but I'm uh, nothing like what I believe is selling. So what I'm doing is I'm still promoting the book because I believe it helps people. And if they're stealing money, which wouldn't be uncommon or out of their character, they're going to have to deal with God someday. And that's okay. So we wrote this book to help people and fund the podcast books, helping people. We get feedback. It's awesome. The fun in the podcast, God's provided. So I'm not going to worry too much about it, but uh, if I can get the time and money and the right attorney together, I think I'd like to open a class action against Amazon because I've talked to, oh man, I've talked to at least a dozen other authors and they said the exact same thing. So really? the only ways to kind of go around it is where you print the book yourself. Cause I had the Amazon do everything. I was just like, cause we had such a short time frame talking the ISBN number, the printing of the physical book, the warehousing, the distribution, they do everything. <laughs> well, you can have your own books printed and ship them to an Amazon warehouse for distribution. And that way, you know, I sent a thousand books, a thousand books sold. But um, like I said, I got so much going on in my life that this was just like, it's your book, God, whatever happens, happens. I'm going to do my best. But that is an interesting question, Austin, because I, I, uh, I actually was just on the phone with a different uh, class action for one of my clients. And I'm going to use a huge attorney that handles these nationwide and globally. And he goes up against big monsters. So I, I'm going to present it to him and see what he thinks about taking it on. But yeah, it, it's a very interesting question because if you think if Amazon stole a couple thousand bucks from me or even 20,000 bucks from me, I wouldn't know about it. And that's not right. like the end of the world. But now you take thousands of authors a, in a year. They're just exploiting these people. It's a pretty it's a problem. Yeah. 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 And they can throttle and control the sales. Who's featured? Who's not? I mean, I've, I actually had years ago, I got my alarm set for Amazon with their, uh, what do they call it? Amazon affiliates. Like every affiliate on my website, it's like, hundreds of hits and and pass-throughs and i'll get you know referral bonuses or commissions amazon zero it's right. like or like you get like 24 cents or like two dollars and 19 cents and it's like so you're telling me that i referred all this business to all these people but amazon's not seeing any and it's the majority of links on the on the referral page come on because what i do is like i buy equipment that i like for the podcast or for my home or you know, for business, like equipment that I'm like, this is a great deal, great value. Here's the link on Amazon. So if I'm putting the link out, I'll put an Amazon affiliate link. And like I said, I can show you screenshots from other vendors where they're getting hundreds on my password protected pages because I have a podcasting made easy class, like how to learn to podcast in eight weeks. 
think we have over 500 students in 34 countries around the globe. And just from that on password protected pages, members of our site, we have hundreds of link clicks. And yet Amazon reports almost nothing. So if anybody out there is listening and they think, oh, my affiliate's not working or, you know, uh, my book sales are down, I'd switch away from Amazon and then see what happens because I'm almost positive you're going to see an uptick for sure. Well, that's where I was going to ask you next is when you do volume two, are you going to do it a little differently? Nope. Yeah, I'm going to do it differently for sure because volume two, we already have authors signed up and the plan was to get it out at the end of the year. Um, I'd like to do it before Thanksgiving, but again, now we're getting close in this timeline. And I did it. It stole a lot of the thunder and motivation. You know, I got a, I'm human and I was like letting it bother me. So I'm, I'm just trying to keep the focus, help people, help people, help people. But if we do it this time, I'm going to self publish and I'll use Amazon as the warehouse. And I'll use them so I can get listed on Amazon because it is the top seller. You know, you got Google, YouTube, and Amazon are the biggest search engines in the world. So I definitely want to be on Amazon. But what I'll do is I'll pre-print the books and send them in. Yeah, me, you I, have much more. You have much more control over your inventory, and you're you're much more in the know that way. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, didn't even realize that Amazon did like a full service print publish type of idea. You know. Yeah, KDP, Amazon KDP, Kindle Direct Publishing, okay. and on paper it sounds fantastic. But if you do have a successful book, or you want to bring it somewhere else. Um, there's issues with the ISBN. I'd highly recommend getting your own ISBN number. You pay the money and get your own. And then um, there's other issues too, like what I'm having, which are big issues if you're trying to make some money. You know, most people don't make money off a book. Um, you either have the sincere heart to help people or you're using it as a calling card. If someone's thinking, I want to write a book and be famous, you're in fantasy land. Because even all these New York T Times bestsellers, most of them pay to be bestsellers. It's all bull crap. It's right. not real, right? It's not like they're really good. They literally pay people to go out and buy their book at like 500 a time, 1,000 at a time. They say, buy it between this window and do this. It's totally rigged. Just like the podcast, we've been pure for years and years and years and podcasting such an amazing platform and all these major quote unquote like Hollywood type companies are coming in and they're absolutely just molesting the industry and they're taking the numbers and fraudulently boosting them and they're having bots raise their numbers and they're just basically trying to buy the industry and make it as filthy as television. So, you know, I think you and I both have talked about this before, the censorship of not just mainstream media, but the social media platforms is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. If you don't want to agree with their narrative, their propaganda, they shut you down. So podcasting is still so free and open. Um, but I mean, I even have emails from Apple. I've had my stuff censored and they're like, oops, sorry. They're like, basically screw you. We can Good, bro. I, that's, that's a, uh, yeah, no, no, I shouldn't talk that way anyways, but I'm just <laughs> like, it's just like, I actually have Apple emails from Apple where they lie to me. And then I kind of work through them. Like, they're like, oh, we remove reviews from your podcast because it, they're vulgar. And I'm like, our listeners are here for personal development, self-growth. Can you please send me an example? And then the the person finally breaks down like, yeah, no, that's not it. We just don't want to publish your stuff. So 
we, we have that's, the right to do whatever we want. That's a really weird thing to say about your podcast that it's vulgar because like I've listened to a couple episodes and I haven't really heard anybody swear or anything. And even no, if- it's not vulgar at all. It's because I come at it from a Christian worldview and they don't want that. Like if you and I were on the podcast, if you were, I've literally actually, <laughs> I was on a podcast once um, with someone who was into like, I don't know how you phrase it, the occult. And I'm here, I'm like, I'm here. I have a Christian worldview. They have yours. And we had a great episode. And, you know, it was about dreams and about, you know, we talked about evolution. We talked about all these topics. And at the end, he's like, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. Because a lot of people, they it's cool to be an atheist or it's cool to not believe in God. But at the end of the day, the Bible has every answer to every question. You just got to look for it. And it's timing. And are we ready for the answer? But anyways, what I'm saying is our podcast comes at everything from a Christian worldview. So somehow we had this boom of success, Austin. Like our podcast literally just went out of the chute. God was with it. And we had huge success. And somehow we got put on Apple's blacklist and um, they just censored it. So you could actually see if you ever like watch our podcast, we'll have like 80 reviews. And then you go back in a couple of weeks and it'll be up to like 120. And then you go back and it's back down to 70 and it goes up and down up constantly. And they're like, Oh, it's a glitch. We're trying I have, again, I have the emails. It's a glitch. We're trying to work it out. It's a glitch. We're trying to work it out. And then finally I had somebody on with me. Yeah. We just basically censor your podcast. They didn't say why, like they didn't explicitly say because you're a Christian and we don't like what you're saying. It's against our narrative, but that was pretty much, it was pretty much F you. There's nothing you can do. Be thankful. We don't remove you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, all right, yeah, man. The censorship topic is an interesting one, um, and I know we kind of disagreed about it a little bit. Um, but to me, it's just like if there are more people talking with more different perspectives, the chance that people are going to figure out which one makes the most sense or which one they would like to subscribe to is higher. You know, if you're only pushing one narrative. That's not an honest dialogue of opinions, you know, whether it be religious or political or whatever, you know, um, I don't think that anybody is like, it's really weird because when you talk to people, like even if they are, you know, left leaning, which is one of the things that doesn't get censored, or if they are um irreligious i guess is that a word irreligious it is now you coined it (laughs) uh if they're that you know that's that's a narrative that's you know being pushed it's not one that's you know being censored even them you talk to those people they're they're not in favor of shutting down uh others voices i mean unless you you're talking like the prominent figures in politics they're like oh anything you say that disagrees with me is hate speech like that kind of idea, you know, isn't great, but that's really surprising to hear, man. I, uh, it ha- dude, I, okay. So I'm a sales and marketing guy, but m- the majority of my business right now, cause I've been so busy the last two years, I've been focused more on marketing. Right. And I work with companies from auto recyclers, mechanics to political commentary political commentators to, you know, white collar, high-end investments. I mean, just the whole gambit. I I got blessed. I get to work with these 
amazing people and organizations. But I only work with people I like. If I won't hang out with you and we won't eat dinner and we won't smoke a cigar together, I'm not going to work with you. There's eight, you know, six, seven billion people in the world. I don't want to work with people I don't like. So all my clients are also my friends or they can be my friends, right? And almost all of them are getting censored. Like I just ridiculous things. Like I've had a mechanic who put, we need help, like a, a help wanted ad, right? <laughs> and they promoted through Facebook. Now Facebook lets porn go through. They let fake ads go through knowingly because they're collecting the revenue and they're freaking, they're money whores, right? So it's okay to put porn. It's okay to put fake things. They manipulate the shit out of children and they warp people's minds and put all this filth out there. But yet, if you said anything against the government narrative, like whether you do or don't believe in the vaccine, if you don't, if you say something negative against it, if you say something negative about, you know, a political topic, they shut you down. And that's fact. That's the whole reason Rumble got started because so many people were sick of YouTube shutting them down, right? But it's gone so far that these snowflake clowns, they've, they actually, again, I got all these in email. They marked his account and shut it down temporarily for hate speech because he said he was looking for a mechanic who can service both foreign and domestic. <laughs> that's like literally categories of cars <laughs> exactly and i wrote them back and i was very like this so if it's for me i'll be aggressive but i'm when i'm working for a client obviously i represent them so i need to be kind so i worked through it, i said hey <laughs> since like the model t fours that was considered domestic vehicles and anything imported it was foreign which more history and spend less time with the propaganda I said, you guys are so busy policing people that your company, like Facebook, Meta, all their commerce managers and business managers, everything's a freaking mess. Their own employees don't know how to use their software when I when I ask them questions. It's a nightmare. Everything is falling apart at their organization, but all they care about is collecting ad revenue and ad revenue, ad revenue. And then they got these liberal clowns who are fact-checking snowflakes, and they're not fact-checking anything. They're not facts. They're propaganda checkers. If it doesn't go against, if it goes against our narrative, we're censoring them. That's how, that's how the systems work. And it's like that for, I mean, me personally, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, um, but YouTube and Facebook are the worst that I found. It, it's just a freaking nightmare. But like I got a post this weekend, great episode. Somebody reported it because normally I mark my episodes for content, you know, on YouTube, there's a, um, this is for people over 18. Mm -hmm. I mark everything. This is for people over 18. Somehow it triggered something because the lady who I had on the show, awesome guest talked about how she had anorexia and bulimia, mental illness with her body, right? And how she worked through it. And now she found peace and she's not having those issues they flagged the episode and they said that i didn't mark it as 18 plus and that it's like they're not gonna how do they phrase it you know you get like strikes you can have up to three strikes mm -hmm. before you're kicked off like well we're not gonna hold this against you as a strike but be more careful but what's the so point most people, yeah but that's what i'm saying like dude this episode isn't saying it's okay it's showing girls how to get out of it 
And so if anything, actually, like that's kind of a problem that exists with younger girls, especially like teenage girls. Like that's yes. kind of a thing that almost exclusively affects them. So it's good for them to hear this, you know? Yes. But the thing is, and what I still haven't researched it because I got so much going on and I was like, this is just ridiculous. But like, it's like, <laughs> first off, like you said, girls of any age should be listening to this episode, not these Paris Hilton, uh, like psychos, Kim Kardashians who are starving themselves. So their ass looks bigger and they're selling themselves as prostitutes. Cause that's what it is. I don't care who you are. They're making money off sex. They're not savvy business women. They're doing it through sex. And yeah, you make a lot of money through sex because most people want it, but that doesn't make it moral or right. So these people are free to do whatever the hell they want. And you have an episode to help someone get out of it and I get censored. But again, it's not just me. It's not like, oh, me, I'm a victim. I'm just talking about, I'm using my personal examples in this conversation, but it's way bigger. It's through the whole, not just US, but world. And uh, like I said, I have clients every day that we're dealing with some form of shenanigans from these big companies. And it, it's it's getting ridiculous, Austin. It, it really is. Like I said, foreign and domestic. One time on my Facebook, I personally quoted the Constitution, and it wasn't in a hateful way. It was like, hey, I don't care. If, I, I, I'd have to go back and look. It was something like, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican. This is wrong. What's going on? And then I quoted the Constitution of the United States. And the freaking Facebook clown fact checkers flagged me for hate speech. <laughs> so I had to go back and I had a, uh, what the hell is it called? Appeal that. And I said, hey, here's the link to the U.S. Constitution. This is the Constitution. Right. You can't debate our that. <laughs> foundational document for our nation for the last 200 plus years. I said, that's not hate speech. It's the foundation of our country. And we have free speech. You can't flag me for this. And they removed it. But I shouldn't have to go through the time and effort for common sense. And then again, it's not like they're letting everything slide through. They let porn through. They let child porn through. They let ads. Oh, yeah. Buy a whole kitchen table for $40. Right? You could even ship a kitchen table for $40. And they know it's fake. They know these people are stealing your identity, but they pay them. So they let it through. So I don't know how we get on this topic, but that's. That's, that's what I believe. That is my opinion. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not saying that's Austin's opinion. I'm not saying it's right, but that's my opinion. You can have no, that's me. fine, dude. I uh <laughs> I um no, I agree with you. I definitely think that there is a lot of censorship going on, and there's definitely a narrative being pushed. Um, the only thing that I would push back on, and I think this is what kind of I pushed back on when when we were talking down in Florida, down in Orlando, um, <laughs> is that Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, all of these social platforms, they're just companies. And if we really want to have this debate on like whether or not they can censor, we have to we have to establish whether or not the first amendment with free speech covers the um like covers Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Cuz if you're in a mechanic shop, right? And you walk in and you're saying F this, F that, or like saying ridiculous conspiracy theories like, oh, the Rothschilds can control the world or something like that. And the mechanic's like, you need to leave, bro. Mm -hmm. Like he has every right to do that. Be yes. And this is this is where I think we talked about this before. And there's people who speak much more eloquently about it. And I agree with you. 
So if you come into my private business, we'll use that mechanic shop. You know it's a mechanic. You know the nature of business is automotive. And that's what people are there for. It's a family environment. It's not something where you can just, you know, cuss like crazy. Okay. So that is an understood privately owned entity. Back when the Constitution was written, our country was small. I mean, you know, I think was Philadelphia like 25,000 people total or maybe even 5,000 people total. So our founding fathers in Boston, you know, the hub of the universe back then and, and Philadelphia, they were working with a relatively small amount of people. And when the Constitution was written, they called it public forums. What we have as public forum today is social media. And the, the main thing is this. If you are on a platform that clearly discloses, hey, we're a conservative platform, we'll remove you if you say something we don't agree with, that's fine. If you're on a liberal platform that say, hey, we're a liberal, liberal platform, we're going to remove you if we don't agree, that's 100% fine. But what's dangerous and scary is these social media platforms are stating they're neutral and they're not even close to neutral. And they're not just removing some content they're removing almost all the content i mean they're scouring their their pages every second to remove anything that would refer to a topic they don't agree with so now especially children and teens and people who aren't using the, you know for a child and teen, teen their brain isn't fully developed they're not thinking through with logic you know like the levels of learning and logic and reason and then you have basically stupid adults who don't think they just drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, that's great. Right. But when they never see the other side, like you talked about earlier, when you hear all these opinions, it helps you think and process and decide what you believe. You need to know what you believe and why in life. But these people are removing all opinions other than their own. And if the other opinions brought up, they're brought up in this ridiculous fashion and they're made fun of and mocked. So it's like, well, how could you even believe that? I had a conversation with teenagers that went to Christian school, were raising, and I quote unquote, use that term because Christ, I believe in. And if you're living Christ-like, people will call you a Christian, but I don't believe in calling yourself a Christian. That's just wrong, right? But um, How do you think that? That's an interesting- Well, because most people who call themselves Christians mean I just go to church and I believe there is a God, but they don't live like Christ. And it's very biased and pious. Um, if I, if, if you call me a Christian, that's a huge honor. But if I call myself a Christian, I'm saying I'm like Christ and am I like Christ? Right. You know, it's like, am I living like Christ? Am I really living like Christ? So I, I have an issue with that personally, not like I think you're going to die and go to hell, but I just think it's bad practice. Like, I don't, I don't think you should do it. So Makes going sense. back to this, you have people who know the Bible and they know God and they know these things. And I'm sitting there having a conversation like, Oh, the morning after pill is not abortion. It's not murder. It's not killing. I'm like, what? Like, yeah, you can, I'm it's like, I'm like, first off, you should, you know, if you have a biblical worldview uh, and you know, you're a teenager, you shouldn't even be having sex in my opinion. And the world thinks that's ridiculous, but it's not. I mean, even if you don't believe in God and you look at couples and the success rate when two people come together as virgins and they grow together and they explore and whatever you do in the bed, that's up to you and your spouse. That's awesome. Marriages. Uh, how does it say? 
Oh man, God forgive me, but the bed it ends with the bed is undefiled. Marriage is honorable to all, but the bed is undefiled. Forgive me if I butchered that verse, but it's basically saying that marriage is an honorable union. And when you're with your husband or wife, hey man, go have fun. <laughs> that's that's what it's there for, right? But these teens, older teens, like almost 20 teens, are convinced by the media, convinced by the world, are convinced by social media that go have sex, go do what you want. Oh, you forget to take your birth control or you think the condom broke or, you know, you had an accident. Oh, just take a morning after pill. And they're convinced that's not murder. And I'm like, guys, let's think about this. Remember the old, uh, you're in school and you're doing the experiments, you have the volcano and you put some baking soda and you take some vinegar and you pour it together. and oh, mm -hmm. it, So I said, okay, sperm is the vinegar. Bacon soda's the egg. When's the reaction happen? Like when you pour it? Exactly. So at the moment the two collide and meet, right? I said, sperm, egg. I said, the moment a conception happens when they meet and that little sperm breaks through the egg, that's life. I said, so you're taking pills and you're flushing it out and sh shitting it down the drain. I said, that's murder. That's that's not, if you want to have free will, I, I have rights over my body. Yeah. Make the choice not to go have sex unprotected. Make the choice not to have sex. So again, if someone wants to go have sex, that's up to them. I'm, I truly, before God, that's up to them. I don't judge them. I can be friends with them just like anybody else, as long as they're not having an affair and they're in adultery. But what I'm saying is don't freaking lie. Don't, don't make stuff up. Don't take black and make it blue. You know, all these people are crazy. Like Bruce Jenner is out of his mind. If someone is his friend, okay, a friend tells you what you want to hear. A real friend tells you what you need to hear. Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, whatever the hell you want to call him, has mental illness. That man needs mental help. But even as whack as he is, and I probably agree with him on like nothing in life, he was just in the news in the last couple of days as a transgender who cut off his own genitals and said how there was a guy that I guess in high school competition wouldn't even place for the men's track meet, but he ended up getting second because he said he was transgender woman. And then so the girl fourth place didn't even podium, right? And he's like, it's wrong to let men compete with women. How messed up and confusing is his logic? Now, in that one case, do I agree that men and women shouldn't compete together? Yes. Listen, kindergarten cop, 1980s, boys have penis, girls have vagina. Pretty clear stuff, right? But our world's screwing this all up and mixing it together. But when you have a guy like Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, whatever it's called these days, I have no hate towards the man. I feel bad for him. Rich and famous and talented and athletic. It doesn't matter. He's clearly has mental illness. And if you picked up any textbook, even as recent as 10 years ago, it would say it was mental illness. But now we're like, everything's fine. Everything's okay. Everything is a new color. And two plus two is 28. No, it's not. Two plus two is four. That's it. It's just, it's the end of the day. So when we go back to all this stuff, Austin, when you only give people the propaganda you want, you get Nazi Germany. When you only give people the content you want, you get slaves. Okay. And people hear the term slaves, they think black versus white. No, oh, you can go back to any culture in time. Egyptians, 
Israelis, Italians, Americans. There's always slaves. And I'm not saying it's right, but it's the de- the just demoralized heart of man. Like people are evil by nature and God saves us despite it, right? So that's why I think it's so dangerous for the content to be censored. They either need to clearly state in our public forum, because social media, they may be a privately held company, but it's a public forum. And everybody today knows that. So in a public forum by the Constitution, we're supposed to have equal rights. Does it actually if, say the words public forum in? I believe. OK, I you can go check on me. I just that attorney I was talking to about the other class action. We actually brought this up. And I believe that is how it's phrased. I'd have to like look it up and see. But a public forum back then was, okay, if you can stand on the stump and talk about what you believe, then the other person has to be able to. Everybody gets, you know, the ability to share their opinion. Like you and me, we don't have to have the same opinion. We don't have to agree. One of my best friends in life is a flaming liberal. When it, We agree with almost everything when it comes to life. But when it comes to politics, somehow this guy is a liberal. And I mean, he supports the craziest people. And I don't even understand how his mind processes on those topics. But yet we laugh about it when we're done. I mean, I'm trying to help him come see the light. What I think he thinks he's trying to help me see the light. But at the end of the day, we're still friends. We still love each other, right? The dudes in my was in my will. If I died, he had control of the money to take care of my kids. Now, but when it came to politics, he was a psycho, right? <laughs> but but everything else about him was good. So when I speak harshly at topics, I'm speaking of the facts and the issues, not the humans. Humans are humans. I am a dirtbag. I could be a nice guy. You could be a dirtbag. You could be a nice guy. We can all go in and out of our behavior. And God loves us all, for God so loved the world. But that doesn't mean he likes the sin, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner. So, you know, if you're transgender, if you're homosexual, if you're a liberal, it's not that I don't like you. I think you're retarded for what you believe. I think you need mental health help. But other than that, I think we could hang out, have a cup of coffee or a cigar. Hey, everybody, Austin here. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, please drop the show a follow on Spotify or subscribe if you're an Apple podcast listener. It really helps the show grow, and you'll always know when I have a new episode with a bold and unique guest. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, I want to ask you a question, and I'm forgive me for putting you on the spot a little bit, but I kind of do want to hear how you how you think about this. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who's conservative and Christian, um, you you mentioned abortion. It seems that to me that a lot of Christian conservatives are very conservative as far as government powers go um, until the government has the chance to uphold one of their beliefs. Um, And so how do you, as someone who is more in favor of a smaller government, um, kind of justify the idea that because of your religious views, something should be legal or illegal, especially when it comes to abortion? So that's a great question. And this is the answer in a nutshell. When we were formed, okay, people can go back and research and say the founding fathers were this, the founding fathers were that. But when they set up the Constitution of the United States, when they set up different documents, when they set up 
even, you know, songs about our nation. It talks about God everywhere, okay? And there is a healthy submission, God, you know, family, country. And when the nation was founded, there's things not just in our country, but in our churches that is complete BS. Like we've even as quote unquote Christians been brainwashed, like the term race. You know how many races there are? One, the human race. Now, is there a race of chimpanzees? Is there a race of dogs? Is there a race of other types of like animals and other things? Yes, but there's only one race, the human race. But everybody talks about race, 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 race. If you really think about that, if people are just like the kind of people that aren't introspective, my comment right now is going to go right past them. But anybody who has a brain and thinks about this, the concept of race automatically divides. Automatically. Mm -hmm. Now, are there different nations? Yes. Are there different cultures within nations? Yes. But there's only one race, man. If me or somebody from India or if someone from Australia or someone from Norway cut their arm open, we're going to bleed the same blood. Right? Right. We have fingers, toes, heads, bodies. Now, there might be different shapes and sizes because there's adaptation, but that's not evolution. And there's one race, the human race. So now going back to your question, the separation of church and state does not mean you take God out of state. Our whole constitution, our whole country was founded on the Christian Judeo principles in the Bible. And we were a country that said, this is what we believe and why. If you don't like it, you still are welcome to be here because their mindset and heart was we want to win them to truth, but we respect and love everybody just like God. But we're not going to force somebody to have this opinion. It's free will, right? So the separation of church and state was saying like in Italy, you had the Roman Catholic Church. In Great Britain, you know, you had these the governments taking over the churches, telling them what they can and cannot say. So our founding fathers in wisdom said, hey, this is what we believe as a nation. We believe in God. We believe in morality. Our laws and values are coming from the Bible. And separately, if we ever lose our way politically, we are not allowed to take over the churches because the churches leads to the core of the people, the families, the individuals, the heart. So that is the separation of church and state. It's just saying the state cannot interfere with the churches. It's not saying there should be a government absent of God. That's a huge, huge fallacy. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, like, originally when they, uh, you know, started talking about separation of church and state, I believe it was Thomas Jefferson who wrote a letter um, explaining it. Uh, to a church in like Massachusetts or something. And Thomas Jefferson wasn't really that religious of a guy. Like he seems like he was probably the least religious founding father, you know? Uh, yeah. And we don't know what's true or not, but there's a lot of horrible things they say Thomas Jefferson did. Mm -hmm. Well, all of them are freaking slave. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's more so about the government stepping into church, not the other way around. I will agree with you with, you with that. But I also would like to know, and you know, you can only believe polls 
for what they are. I mean, yeah. I don't, how many times have you been pulled in your life? I, and even if they would ask me, I'd be like, fuck you. I don't want to answer your poll. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how many, you know what? I've been I've been to 47 out of 50 states actively, not just driving through, actively. You know how many times I've been pulled in my life? Zero. Exactly. You know why? Because so there is that. Not the demographic they want the information from. Right. And so there is that. But I would argue that it seems that most people their understanding of separation of church and state is that your religion should not affect your political beliefs. And to me, when we live in a representative type of government, like if the majority of people or even just the majority of people in a certain demographic that a senator represents believes that, then that senator should represent that per those people's beliefs because the founding fathers Yes, they built the country on uh, ideas that come from the Bible, but they also allowed for the Constitution and the country to adjust and be amended. And so, you know, conservative Christians might not agree with where it's going, but fundamentally, that shouldn't matter. At least it doesn't to me, because what matters is that the people that their perspective is represented. So, you know, like I, I understand where you're coming from with like the founding fathers. And I I point to that a lot because obviously we are the greatest country in the world as far as, you know, our founding document goes. Uh, it, you know, validates the most amount of freedoms and and whatnot. but. Uh, it also is supposed to represent the people and the people, it seems the majority would argue that, you know, because, you know, I used to be pretty religious. I went to a Bible college and even then I would get into conversations with other people there and um, they'd be and I'd say, yeah, I don't think I said I think abortion should be legal. And they're like, how could you, you know? God knew you before you were formed in the womb. Like, like, yeah, I get that. And I get that you believe that, but a lot of people don't. And the government is supposed to represent the people. And so you have to make a distinction of like, you know, um, what are we going to support? Because let's be honest, the abortion one is a losing argument for conservatives. Like it just is, you know, there's plenty of winning arguments gun control the liberals cannot win that it's in the constitution you have to literally talk about amending the constitution to pass most gun laws and most people don't realize that most of the gun laws they want to put in place are already in place <laughs> like background checks things like this um and so you know i'm kind of going on a, on a ramble here but um i think that no, that's okay so just to make sure i understand though the question if you were asking me, like with abortion, okay, and it goes back when you were talking, I was thinking about this, like you talked about how we're represented by the politicians that we elect. We're supposed That's to another massive, <laughs> massive twist. Like Satan always takes a grain of truth and twists it, right? So from the Garden of Eden, God said, don't eat off of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or you're going to die, meaning you're going to spend eternity 
in the lake of fire burning where the worm dieth not the fire is not quenched tormented day and night forever and ever just don't disobey you can do whatever else you want in the world just don't eat off that tree that's bad and satan says oh you can eat off that tree you will not surely die and he meant like you won't drop dead in the spot but he wasn't talking about the eternal thing that matters <laughs> well this is the deal we i'm 46 when i went to school Every day, I actually just wrote an article about this on my blog, the, the Pledge of Allegiance. Whether we are in school, whether we're at a social gathering, whether we're at a sporting event, we stood up, we put our hand over our heart, and we recite the Pledge of Allegiance. Okay? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic. One of the reasons why they take the pledge out of schools, it's a slow patient process to remove God from our country, to remove morality from our minds and our homes so that pure evil can take over. So we are a republic where we elect people, but the public's fickle. You know, it's a fickle bitch. And the minds can be turned so easily of the masses. So that was the level of protection, excuse me, for our government that our founding fathers were wise enough to recognize. And I forget who it was, but there's a quote that basically says, if we ever turn to democracy, we're done because democracy is just basically the women, the people at the moment in the Bible, the women, the people at the moment was let's crucify Jesus. Let's let a murderer and a thief go free and crucify a man who, if, if, if he did anything wrong, which he didn't, but I'm saying based in their minds, it was, he was crazy, right? He healed people, he helped people, he encouraged people. He did nothing wrong, but we're going to crucify him and let a murderer, probably, I think I've heard people say rapist and thief. We know he's murdering thief, free. So that was the masses. That's why you don't want a democracy. And then the bastards in between, when I grew up and when you grew up, there was this transition. Well, we're not a democracy, but we're a democratic republic. No, we're not. We're a freaking republic. Get an old dictionary read left to right, top to bottom, words make sentences, those make paragraphs, read you illiterate people and figure out what the hell it's actually saying. Well, why don't you explain to me what the difference between a republic and a democratic republic is? So that's just because it. what we're talking about is the representation of politicians. So what is a republic? How does a republic okay, so alleviate a... the whim of the current... Yeah. So in a republic, like I'm going to try to, you can, exp you can go online and seriously find older documents. Like don't go to Wikipedia where they change things because then you'll be really confused, but find like printed books and look up what's a republic. What's a, what's a democracy because you're going to get content even from just 20 years ago. That's so much more accurate. Right. But that's a great question. Austin. I'm not making fun of people for not knowing when I say you illiterate moron, I'm talking to the people who know what's going on and they're manipulating people with it. They're being jerks. Okay, like people get up there, Republicans and Democrats. They're Can just I interrupt you for like one second? Yeah. So I just looked up what is a republic. Here's yeah. the AI summarizer. A republic is a form of government where the supreme power rests in the body of citizens entitled to vote and is exercised by representatives chosen directly or indirectly by them. Would you agree with that definition? So yes and no. So when you have a republic, the, the dumbed down version is you pick the representative and they represent you. And then if they start not representing you right, you kick them out. 
Exactly. That's a, re a republic. A democracy is these little puppets just, oh, you want this today? Oh, you want this today? You want this today? And they're changing on a whim. Right. Okay. So when I said about the abortion thing, I didn't say a democracy or republic. I said they're supposed to represent the views of the people. Would yes. you agree that that is still within republic? Okay. Yes and no. It's like a parent and a child. If I'm the father and my kid wants to eat cake every day, I know long-term that's bad for them based on the factual science of the body. You're going to get sick. So if I'm a republic and I have a representative there, I'm not there to give them chocolate cake for the day. I'm there to keep them healthy for generations to come. So I'm going to say, hey, I know you want that chocolate cake, but here's your steak and potato and broccoli. You need to eat a healthy, balanced meal, right? Because that way you're strong, you're wise, you're healthy, you grow. We don't want to get you sick because you want something tasty right now. So in our true country, how it was established, it was founded on the morality of the Bible. And then it is a republic for which people should be elected and that should represent the masses. But if the masses go crazy and on a whim and want something suddenly, you don't have these politicians who really are mostly taking bribes. You look at the average politician and their income shoots. How can you make like Biden? It's like 17 homes before he was president and he's made like a public service wage for 50 years. Yeah, Come doesn't on. add up for sure. And, and no. I understand that like lobbyists, lobbyism is a problem as far as like they spend all their time appeasing their donors and trying to get reelected. That's it. I get that part. But I'm struggling to understand how like this, it still goes back to the abortion thing. And I'm sorry if you feel like I'm like attacking you or something, because I'm not trying to. I'm just trying first to off, you can't attack me. And second, I don't feel that way. We're having okay. a conversation. Listen, I'm from New England originally. And that's one thing. The whole world is great. The whole country is great. But one thing I really appreciate about growing up outside of Boston is people tell you what they think. And you can like each other or not like each other, but you know what they think. And mm -hmm. it's it's tough skin. So, dude, I don't care if you like me or not. I mean, I want to. I want to. No, be I friends. do like you. I do. That's why I asked. No, no. But I'm saying, okay. like, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. I don't like. I'm gonna live what I can see as right because I need to pillow my head at night, and when I die, I gotta face God. So, I made enough bad decisions and choices in my life that you know, I just want to be real. So, for you, go ahead, shoot, man. Like, if abortion's a topic we're talking about, it's what we're talking about. It's just it's just that I see and it's not only abortion, but it's just that I see a lot of especially with the, the transgender stuff and uh, like the gender issues as a whole. Like it seems that people cling on to the the argument that and I'm not just saying you like a whole bunch of people like I have good friends that, you know, are very devout Christians and very conservative politically, you know, um, <clears throat> it seems that they tend to cling on to uh you know this argument that the country was founded on uh judeo-christian beliefs which i don't think you can deny that and i also don't think that as someone who's irreligious my new word uh <laughs> um, new podcast name irreligious <laughs> um i uh like i i still see that the Bible talks about a lot of things that are like inherently true. And the things that they say are good are good, you know, 
like giving to the poor, the Ten Commandments, like don't kill people, obviously. And I think most people, whether they're Satanists or, you know, Hindu or atheist or whatever they are, would agree that, you know, mo- like you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't kill people. You shouldn't steal, you know. Um, and so, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean that the country as a whole still holds on to certain aspects of it. Like, for example, abortion or, you know, the transgender issues. Your state's in the news a lot lately because Mr. DeSantis put that new bill out there. Um, and, you know, it's frustrating to me because I see that bill and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Why would we mutilate children? (laughs) You know? Um, but then it goes down to like, but if you're an adult, like you should be able to do whatever you want. If you want to get a fake penis put on you, go ahead. I don't care. Like, (laughs) you know, um, but when you talk about the Christian right, they it, they tend to have some like, and I don't even know if I'm using cognitive dissonance correctly, but it seems like they believe that the government should be representative of the people unless it disagrees with the Bible, which if you want to live your personal life that way, sweet, that's cool. But it it just tends to sound a lot like the same stuff that they complain about. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. And you're covering, there's like three main topics and my, my mind's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I, hopefully I can articulate and bring them back together, but going back to like what you said about as an adult, do I think a transgender surgery or to sex change operation is healthy? Why, Why did that emoji come up? I never knew that. Did you see, do you see that in your corner? Oh, I had my hand up. Okay. For people who are watching, I just had my thumb up for number one and there's our, uh, AI technology built into this software. So it recognizes that. So it shows that before. Sorry to derail. No, no, it totally, I was already derailing and now you helped me go further. Thanks. (laughs) No. So if someone came to me and said, you know, Hey, I'm thinking about cutting off my penis and becoming a woman. I wouldn't support it. I tell him, Hey man, let's get you help. I'd be like, let's work through it. But I love him. I'd help him. I do everything I can to, to help them find peace. And I'd even say, Hey man, listen, why do you want to do this? Let, let's, I'm not going to say right and wrong. I'm not. And again, I'm not the standard God is, but I'm just saying, this is how I'd handle it. it. It wouldn't be about like forcing Bible down their throat. It would be dude. Why? What deep down, not the symptoms, the root, where did this start and why? And I, in time after time, again, these poor kids are screwed up by parents or family members. There's something that got miswired along the way and it can happen so easy, right? But it's, it is a mental illness to be born a man or a woman and to want to cut off your boobs, your penis, that's mutilation. Okay. That all associates with Satan and the occult. It doesn't associate with being a Christian. But when you say, should DeSantis outlaw it? Okay. As a Christian, I agree. Like, hey, that's heinous. But when it comes to laws, 
there is no way on this planet a child should have something done or allowed. They can't even decide, like, their children. In second grade, they should be thinking about Play-Doh and the playground and having fun and learning the fundamentals of English, math, and science and being a child. They shouldn't be thinking about sex with the opposite sex, let alone the same sex. You're freaking nut job if you're trying to push this agenda on children. Okay. And I would agree. Yeah. yeah, You're, you're not you. I, when I say you, I'm like anybody listening and watching right now, you are way off base. You have a twist in your brain and you need to get it handled because now you're pushing it down to children and you're going to face God someday. So going back to if someone's a 35 year old man and wants to have this operation and they want to pay for it out of their pocket, Hey, that's their choice. That's their free will. I think it's dangerous. I think it's crazy. I think you need mental help, but if you're going to pay for it, that's fine. But don't use taxpayer money to pay for it. That's freaking, that's crazy. So if you are saying, Austin, my opinion, of course, I don't support it morally. I don't support it. Like I would never encourage somebody to do it. But if some dude's 60 years old and he wants to, you know, it's like, I, I didn't even know this was a thing. I was smoking a cigar the other day and I found out people put penis implants in and metal and they pump it up and like this weird shit. I'm like, people do that? And the nurse was like, yeah, I just had a 70-year-old man who came in. I had a catham. She was a nurse. And she's telling me how this guy had a penis implant. And because of it, it caused issues for his health, his well-being. And I'm like, okay, I, this is like, I didn't even know that was a thing, right? But that's still, to me, body, that that's a stem. Like something in that man, whether he was born with a huge penis or a small penis, he was not okay with himself. And he went to the extent to have a surgery that can completely make him limp and impotent, but it was worth the risk to him so he could have the appearance or big, whatever. Okay, we're getting into weird territory, but this is reality. People are changing their bodies. Girls, when we were growing up, it was weird to get breast implants still. Now it's like common. I mean, kids are getting for their 16th birthday present, right? It's all body dysmorphia. It's saying, I'm not good how I am, so I need to change it. And you get these f- like freaky, weird looking people. And it's it's not healthy. So again, if you have a different opinion to me, that's fine. But I'm not going to pay for it with my taxpayer money. Well, yeah, okay? I think that's a whole different conversation altogether. Like personal- no, but. I support abortion as far as it being legal because the laws have to be for everybody. And if you're a Christian and don't want to get an abortion, you don't have to. Just like if you are a Christian and don't want to drink, you don't have to. Or you don't want to smoke, you don't have to. But see, this is what it is. I don't necessarily think that that Planned Parenthood should be getting our taxpayer money if they're providing abortion. Now, they're a very evil organization from the root. On well, yeah, Margaret Thatcher was a, a was a racist who wanted to cleanse the America of black people, of course. Yeah, but today it's not. I but you brought up you brought up the Ten Commandments, and you said, of course, you actually said, if you rewind this, of course we're not going to kill. Killing's wrong, right? See, that's what abortion is. It's killing an innocent baby. Like we have that. That's what's crazy. Okay, not you, but like, have you ever heard of you know Louis C Louis C K right Louis C K. Yeah, he got caught jacking off or something, doing something yeah. weird. He was a famous His comedian. comedy after that is so good. Like he's like, he's like, anybody else had a rough couple of years? <laughs> like, yeah. Like that. I haven't, I haven't, 
I heard him once or twice before and I heard something about him. I looked it up and it said he did something filthy. And, you know, I'm not again, I don't wish the guy bad. I just know he did something wonky or weird. No, like, but um, he has a joke about abortion and he's like kind of like playing to the liberals about abortion. He's like, oh, Christians like say you shouldn't. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, but it's still kind of killing a baby, <laughs> you know? So like, I don't think that, I don't think that um, it's not, I mean, anybody would say, yeah, it's terminating a pregnancy. It's, it's killing something that would turn into a human. But as someone who will never have a baby in them, I can't relate. And when I talk to women that uh could have a baby in them like they a lot of them support abortion being legal and i just think that the government needs to represent that that's that's where it comes to me yes it might be killing a baby but like if if 99% of people thought that we should do something that you know we might not agree with right now like should we do it? That's that's where it comes down to, you know, I don't know. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, like. But that's the republic. See, the republic's supposed to say, based on the foundation of America, the Constitution, which the foundation of that is the Holy Bible, that's what I need to represent. And murder is murder. And what's crazy is I want to bring up this point. Eight out of 10 people who support abortion or against the death penalty. How fucked up is that? The people who hurt and harmed others and deserve to be put to death, their rights are protected. And the children who are innocent because of neglect and, you know, maybe the parents' indiscretion, they're going to be murdered. It's a messed up thought process and system. So, sure, man, there's a lot of, a lot of nuance to this conversation for sure. Yeah, but I'm saying so I believe that yes, abortion should be illegal. Now, are there always do the, you support the death penalty? Do I support the death penalty? Heck yeah, I think there should be an express line. Well, how how is that any different? <laughs> because <laughs> when you are okay, for me as a Christian, if I commit sin. God will forgive. He already died. Jesus died. He wants to forgive me. I just need to accept the gift. But that doesn't mean the consequences are going to change. If I commit a crime that's heinous, like murder, rape, pedophilia, I believe those people, if it's proven for sure, should be put to death. That's it. it like, this is your punishment. That's a slippery slope, man. Well, no, because this is the it is deal. when you're saying that people that think abortion should be legal and the death penalty should be illegal are wackos. And you think that the abortion should be illegal and the death penalty should be legal. Just the opposite. But you're still no, because it's a these some people. Point, sometimes people should die like. Yeah, because no, no, no. That's like murder and killing. Totally different concepts. We are told like if you read the Bible, you've read it. But I'm saying for anybody listening, you is just everybody. If we read our Bibles and we read history, it lines up perfectly. There's no contradiction in the Bible, no flaw. Timelines, perfect. The Smithsonian used the Bible like 47 times for excavations 
from or something like that. And it was right every single time. They couldn't find the artifacts. They used the Bible. Boom, right. But there. also, like, I mean, nope. if you really want to get into like how valid the Bible is, which it seems like where you're going. Like, we also have to admit that, like, people that wrote the Bible, while they might have been able to look around and say this happened in these coordinates, they also like didn't look up and see a God. Like, you know, they were trying to make sense of the world. Like, so there's no reason to say, like, I don't think that saying that historical events that happen in the Bible that match up with what actually happened has any bearing on whether or not the Christian God is the supreme being that created the universe. Well, history, you know, they always, everybody says, if you don't learn from history, you're bound to repeat it. Two-thirds of the Bible is the Old Testament. The history is before Christ. You know, the Old Testament is before Christ. New Testament's after Christ. And you get two-thirds of the Bible is the history. So you can learn and see God throughout time and how it threads through today and into the future. So I think it's very relevant to have the Bible and to have history. And when it comes to... Well, they're explaining... Sorry to cut you off, but they're no. explaining historical events through God. That's no different than the Aztecs saying that the rain's coming because they did a dance. No, because there, there is a difference like math and science. Right. Math is conceptual, right? Science is physical. Math isn't created by man. It's created by God and men just reveal it. So you have like what's called fractals and you have the uh, men, oh, mandible pr uh, principle and stuff like that. And if you like read about those or watch videos on YouTube, it's crazy how it's perfect and infinite and the beauty and in how even our fruits and vegetables and trees, everything are these mathematical equations. And you can't take a conceptual element like math you can't take something conceptual like math and make it happen in reality so why does math work is because there is a creator there is a god and again the the bible history science math it all lines up perfectly together and what i was saying is throughout history throughout the bible there was times where god said you will go to war and that means you will have to kill people but killing people is not murder is the intent in your heart where you have hate and you want to destroy. So someone broke in my, like I had somebody break in my house one time and in my head, I just heard, don't kill him. Don't kill him. Don't kill him. So I got him out of my house and I didn't kill him. And then I called the cops. But if I decided I could have got him out, but just to be fucking, you shouldn't have broken my house. Cause I'm angry. I'm going to kill him. I had the legal right but I don't have the moral right. So there's a difference between killing and murder. And so if someone commits a crime and they're guilty of that crime, they need to have the consequence because as soon as you enforce a consequence, less people will commit that crime. Look at our, like, again, I don't care if you're a Republican or Democrat, Congress is filthy and corrupt and there's no consequence. So why aren't they? Of course, they're going to keep going. You start putting people in prison and executing the people who have harmed other humans. Like I personally believe, I can't prove it, but there's people in 
the Republican and Democratic Party who I believe the the vaccine is worse than the virus. I believe the virus is man-made, right? I think we're going to get my podcast taken down, man. Oh, man. But that's my opinion. I think there's documentation out there that proves it. And even if you just just take blood samples and you start examining this, it's just, come on, two plus two is four. Like mass, it says on the box. They don't work. It says on the box. Right. And people are pushing it. It's all a false narrative. So for the people who created this virus and for the people who pushed these vaccines, I think they should have criminal charges pushed against them because there's more people dying from the vaccines that I've seen personally in my life than I have from the coronavirus. So when this is all going on, that's like freaking Hitler level terrorism dissecting people just for the freaking fun and joy of it. And they say it's under the auspice of science. Dude, it's filthy and horrible. So yeah, I I believe in the death penalty completely. Well, the whole reason that that lab was in Wuhan was just because the United States government didn't want to put it here because people would have a fit. (laughs) Yeah, and Barack Hussein Obama and Anthony Fauci funded that lab. Yeah. Those Mm -hmm. bastards should be put on trial. That's that's definitely... Pretty well documented now. But I just think that, you know, you hear people of being falsely convicted all the time. You know, we have a really weird society that the court of public opinion seems to weigh heavier than facts. And if just one person is killed for something they didn't do, I think we fucked up big time as a country. I have three points. Number one, you said it happens a lot. I used to work selling body armor and less lethal weapons and i was in the prisons and the jails and working with sheriffs and some of the finest people in the country and it doesn't happen as much as the media says second but if it happens once no but that's why i said second remember i said if you're sure the death penalty is when it's for sure the dude's caught doing it like charles manson what the hell california built him a wing in the jail so yeah, but they also they he was also an MK Ultra person, wasn't he? But it doesn't matter. He's a psycho. He's proven. Yeah, guilty. but he was made. He was made a psycho by the government after they hired a bunch of Nazis to learn how to experiment on people. Doesn't listen at the end of the day. <laughs> no, this is the thing, and I'm saying this, and people are going to hate me. But if somebody's a pedophile, the actual if if someone's a pedophile who's got right, they know they belong in jail they'd be the first to admit I belong in jail because I might continue to hurt other children. Yeah. So when people say pedophiles and, you know, the, the rate of healing in prison, it's almost nothing, almost nothing. So we're paying, we pay more for a prisoner to be kept on average in, in America a year than we pay for American veteran. We support the filth of the country more than the heroes but i think system is backwards yeah and i think but i think that like you know i'd pay i'd i'd be happy to have my tax dollars go to people that are pedophiles murderers and rapists to keep them in jail uh rather than killing them if we didn't have so many people in there for petty stupid crimes like right now I paid $250 to get my medical marijuana card and I go into a store legally and buy marijuana, which people, thousands of people are in jail in my state for. Like that's, 
That's ridiculous. Why am I able to just pay 250 bucks? I was on the doc. I was on the phone with the doctor for three minutes, man. Three minutes. See, I was like, yeah, I have anxiety. He's like, oh, have you ever been pro- prescribed anything for anxiety? Yes. Oh, you're an informed patient. Here are your next steps. That was the conversation. And now I can smoke weed legally, but there's people in jail for it. Yeah, there's but the, messed up there. <laughs> it's because the government can make money. It's corruption. That's it. Like when we grew up, weed's bad, weed's bad, weed's bad, weed's a gateway drug. I'm not saying you should or should not smoke. But what I'm saying is the government finds out how they can control the monetization. Oh, weed's great. It'll cure cancer. It'll cut, grow your arm back. Oh, okay. Anything that's wrong, smoke weed. The government. That's not entirely true, though, because there's a lot of documented things about like the use of psilocybin mushrooms and. The government doesn't want to do anything with that because because they haven't found a way to control the monetization chain is what I'm saying. Once they figure out how right, to control the goods, the goods, the good aspects of them are already well documented. So yeah, but that's like, what I'm saying. Oh, we figure do. out the money and then we do it. It wasn't about weed being good or bad. It was about how could they make money. How and I'm not just talking about money for America. I'm talking about the bribes, the the corruption, the deep level. How fat scumbag bastards like Joe Biden can have 17 mansions when he's when he's supposed to be in public service for 50 years. How Nancy Pelosi can get every single trade right, and then on top of it, you know, they had on her Twitter that somebody put a Pelosi tracker. Remember that? And they were showing how 100 percent of her investments the bitch makes out. That's impossible. Nobody makes 100% of their investments. What and then what's Twitter to, uh, AOC's new bill? Uh, AOC's makes- a psycho. I don't want listen, I don't want to be rude because it's 12:30 our time while we're recording. I got 10 minutes, but to go back, I believe that if someone is guilty, like I said, Charles Manson, people are just caught doing the crime and it's for sure they should be put to death. Then you clean out like 50% of the prisons taxpayer money saved then you take these scumbags who are the politicians doing white collar crimes you put their ass in jail and give them hard labor bad conditions not freaking cable tv and brand new nikes you make their ass work with no air conditioning and work on the roads and work on the streets oh wow now we have prisoners who are doing hard labor so now we don't have to pay other people to do it so it frees up funding and now we take the murderers, rapers, and pedophiles who are just going to literally bog down the system. Okay, now we got these illegal immigrants coming in, and they are murderers and rapists. Well, we're going to put them to death too because they're in our country illegally. You start cleaning out the system in a real way, the crime's going to stop because, again, right now, if somebody steals, they're going to get a slap on the wrist. You can commit murder and get off now with almost no jail time. No jail time. For yeah, murder. Minimums like eight years, some places or something. Dude, I heard a story recently. The person got six months in jail and then parole and um, what's it called? Parole for murder. So, and it wasn't like self-defense, it was just freaking murder. So you, you when you clean the system from the people who don't, they've chosen poorly. Like for me, and I'm gonna be honest with you, do I want to be accused of a crime? Nope. But have I been accused of a ton of stuff in life I didn't do? Yes. And if you said, Dave, you're going to be accused of a crime you didn't commit and put to death based on what you're recommending, and you're going to be that mistake. But at the same time, 999 other really bad people are going to be put to death, and they're not going to be able to hurt children and and rape women and murder people. I'll take the hit. Go ahead. Kill me. You know why? Because when I die, I'm 100% sure based on the Bible and my relationship with God, 
I'm going to eternity with God. And it's okay and if good you have, go. it's okay if you feel that way. I'm not going to say you're wrong in feeling that way. It's kind of a noble thing to say, but you can't say that about someone else. That's, you can't. No, but what I'm saying is that. if, but for the one mistake, it sucks for that family and the, the everybody, but it's not like the media makes out. There's not like hundreds of thousands of people in prison that are falsely accused. I mean, these people are there for a reason. And, no, but, you know, but I'm just saying that like, there's a, there's a ton of different factors here. And if you're going to say that the money to keep them in jail is one of the main things, then you have to talk about the people that are in jail for stupid things. Yeah. Right? And I do, but again, if, okay. If somebody was going to do something, what we consider stupid, like smoke weed, let's say that's still against the law and they go to jail for smoke weed instead of put them in jail for like five years, you put them in jail for like six months of literal hard labor, hard labor. And then when they get out, they're like, damn, I don't want to go back. Not, not a freaking health club. Honestly, if it was, I told my mom this when I was a teenager, and I still mean it today at 46, if it wasn't for rape, I'd go to prison. Okay. You get free education, free food, workout, cable TV, Nike shoes, hang out with the boys. Yeah. I'd be if I wasn't going to get man. raped, what? I'd be jacked as hell. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Right. And we're, <laughs> we're paying these fuckers to be there. So, and forgive me, I'm saying I'm a Christian. I talk filthy. Forgive me. That's my sin, not God's. I don't think it says anything about swearing in the Bible. But no, you should have a clean mouth. And, but the thing is, it's like, this just gets me so upset and there's no excuse. So forgive me for cussing. But at the end of the day, listen, people got to get their heads out of their butt, man. This is just crap. Like, and I, I just, I love you, but I disagree with you. Children who have done nothing wrong should live people who have done everything wrong should die and i think that's you can back that in the bible you reap what you sow there's consequence for our actions god forgives god loves but god gives us free will and if you're going to harm another person just think about the terror a woman is raped and she knows the person's alive and free that raped her that's terrifying she should not be punished more and be a victim more because the system's so damn liberal and crazy. These people have opened their minds so wide, their brains have fallen out. So, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. The rape thing, I think, is almost worse than killing somebody. Like, I think women that get raped might say that I would have rather just been murdered. So, yeah, and it's, it's castration. I mean, they like, they like mutilating genitals. I mean, if you're a rapist, maybe you should be castrated. See, the thing is, though, with that is you can still harm. Rape isn't, I mean, I saw a statistic once that um, I, I don't remember. It was something shocking to me. Like more than 50% of rape, there's no penetration because the guys are just messed up. They don't get fully hard. But, I mean, these are psychos who freaking bite people and shove stuff inside of them. So that's why I, I don't agree with just the castration. Um, I think it should be death. That's it. Murder, rape, pedophile, you're done. And, again, when I say murder, it's that malicious you know, oh, I'm a I'm a rough, tough guy, and you know they're they're gonna go kill somebody to be part of a gang. Come on, that's just malicious, and and I don't care if you're ignorant or not. That's murder, you know. You, you, that's just murder. There's there's always exceptions. Like we talked about abortion. Of course, there's women who actually get. I feel what it's called, but it's like the tubal pregnancies, where if that baby's gonna die and she's gonna die, you have to have surgery. Of course, that shouldn't be part of the law against it because that's that's a different case. But that's like a percentage of a percent compared to the big picture. And then people say, you know, what if a woman was raped? That is a real concern. And 
I personally know women who have been raped and had kids and they're fantastic humans. My mom was told by everybody to abort me. She wasn't raped, but she wasn't married. And back then, you know, if you're not married, you don't have a baby. So like get an abortion. I'm glad she didn't get an abortion or we wouldn't be here today and I wouldn't have two great kids. So, you know, it's just, you know, Tim Tebow is a big famous, they told his, his mom, I have three friends and, and not Tim Tebow is my friend, but I'm saying just like that T-tip, Tim Tebow story, the doctors said your kid's going to be handicapped, retarded, whatever you want to call it for the rest of his life, a boredom. And then Tim Tebow comes out and he's a freaking star human. So, you know, it's just, it's just crap. And man, I love this conversation, but I do got to run. Do you have yeah, any, no other, converse, you you any other comments or questions before we go? Well, no, dude, I just want to say thank you for being on. Uh, we disagree about quite a bit, but I think that all of your opinions and viewpoints come from a really good place and are very respectable. So I appreciate you having these, you know, deep kind of uh, controversial conversations with me. Um, if you want to plug your uh, podcast or your website or anything else real quick before we go. Um, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So if you want to um, listen to the show, it's not, we are come at everything from a Christian worldview and we let the guests share their story. So it's just like this. We don't always agree, but we work through it and it's not even nearly this heated. Like, I think, you know, in, in three, three years, I've cussed like twice on the show and it wasn't at the guest. It was just at the topic. Right. Right. But um, you go to remarkablepeoplepodcast.com or you can go right to my website, davidpasqualone.com, D-A-V-I-D-P-A-S-Q-U-A-L-O-N-E.com. And from there, you can get to the podcast. You can get to what we do for business. There's a contact us page. You can send me love mail or hate mail. You know, you get 10 times the hate mail, but go ahead, send it. I'd like to hear from you. Um, But hopefully we brought something to you today that, gives you value for life. It's going to make your life better and those around you and maybe even help you think about this, you know, like why do we say it's okay to kill a baby but keep a convict alive? That's really perverse, man. And why is it okay to tell a second grader that should be playing with Legos and and water balloon fights that he should be given blowjobs in the bathroom? That's real. And in my city, they had books to second graders saying you should go experiment in the bathroom with homosexuality. Dude, that's just messed up. You are a freaking psycho if you believe that's okay. Or your, your mind is really warped. Kids should be playing. They should be having fun. They should be learning. They should be getting character. They should be getting just experience of life, pure, nothing to do with sex. If you're thinking about sex in second grade, there's something grossly wrong. So that's it, man. All my failures are mine. God's good and loves you, and he's a lot better than me. So go read your Bible, start in John. And if you have any questions that I can help you with, let me know. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you coming on, bro. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah, definitely, man. Have a great right. day, Austin. You as well, my friend. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bold Exchange. Today's quote comes from Doug Baldwin. The greatest tragedy for any human being is going through their entire lives believing the only perspective that matters is their own. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.